Ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for everything sports and entertainment, look no further. The End of Regulation Stew Crew is back for another week of things you missed and conversing about the things you didn't miss. <clears throat> Welcome to the movement. Buckle in and enjoy the ride. Couldn't do it alone, so let's go ahead and meet the minds behind the madness. Live from Nashville, Shaky Doe. How we do it, kid? Hola. <laughs> I just threw in a chaw, so I'm good. Good. I like it. Well, we'll move on. Live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we do this, kid? We're doing pretty good over here as well. Just uh, catching up on my college hoops, getting ready for March Madness. You know the deal. Well, we got a lot to converse about, so cue the music. Let's get it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Derek Jeter ends his final game with a single. All right, ladies and gents, we'll run you through the docket. Entertainment, we've got some trivia back on the map tonight. We're going to talk money in the bank segment from last week, two weeks ago I should say, where we talk network, net, net worths, Jesus, it's going to be a long episode, <clears throat> and uh, skip or stream, things that you should look out for or things that you should not look out for in the entertainment world. We got a big chunk of college hoops, as Tom alluded to, we're going to talk a little world of sports and more, and we'll close you out with some music history as told by Brent. So, let's kick it off, there's only three of us tonight. So, you two are kicking it off for trivia. Tom, I tried to make it easy this time. There are options. Good. B- before we get into that, I just want to wish Harrison a quick and speedy recovery in his fight with the coronavirus. Oh, that's why I, he can't be here. Oh, that's right. God, holy shit. Yeah, the reason we are... Here he is quarantined. The reason we are tree tonight is because, as you all very well know... The coronavirus has hit Manhattan, and uh, names haven't been disclosed yet, but we're going to give you a sneak peek. Harrison Grimes uh, on the Upper East Side has been exposed to the virus, so yeah, word is he clear. Was, he was drinking him, spit on him. <laughs> he, was, he was drinking sewer water straight from the, uh, the sewer grates of New York. So. Swimming in the Hudson, I heard. It, <laughs> the, the actual cause is TBD, but, you know, Harry, we're, we're hoping the best for you, and we're, you're in our thoughts and prayers. We're thinking of you, kid. All right, all right, bring on the trivia. All right, here we go. In The Wolf of Wall Street, what did the actor snort in scenes involving cocaine? A, cocaine, B, flour, B, vitamins. C, vitamins, D, vita- uh, baby powder. Did you see the movie? B, vitamins. It has to be cocaine. <laughs> if it was, they'd be dead, because I did hear that they had to take like short stints and breaks because of how much B vitamins that they were doing. So Brent, you are right on that. Um, but yeah, interesting. I thought, you know, Jonah Hill is a, a little bit more of a ledge, but guess not. Damn. Uh, all right. What was the name of Rocky Balboa's dog? Champ, Sly, Butt Kiss, or Rawhide? Sly. I like Rawhide. That's something dogs chew on. <laughs> His name was Butkus. So, Brent 1, Tom 0. What was the first Pixar film to get over a G rating? The Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., or Toy Story? It has to be The Incredibles because Mrs. Incredible is so damn thick. they got to make that PG. <laughs> Double C. 
She was great, uh, man. I guess I'm going Toy Story. It was The Incredibles because of the hey. action aspect. Not um, the ass I, stretching. I thought I thought about Toy Story too, just because of like Bo Peep and Woody and like all yeah. that, but no. They horny. They horny. Um, all right. They don't call him Woody for nothing. Who is the only Top Gun actor who did not vomit while in a fighter jet? Tom Cruise, Val Kimmer, John Stockwell, or Anthony Edwards? John Stockwell. I'm going Tom Cruise because the guy does all his own stunts, so he's got to be prepared for that. Cruise, Tiny Tiny Tom was a puker. It was Anthony Edwards. Oh, I, didn't right. even, I didn't even know he was in Top Gun. It's 1-1. One, one. You know, I've actually never seen Top Gun. Ty goes to the runner. I do accept. <laughs> I didn't realize there were no more questions. <laughs> oh, all right, well. <laughs> all right, ready? Hold on. I'm gonna we'll be just keep it up. rolling. I'm going to hold up a number between 1 through 5 behind my back. Shut up. Tom. It's one, and you're using your Four. middle finger. What'd you say, Brent? Four. It was three, so right. I think I, I think Brent Thanks. wins. <clears throat> on pure luck. Congrats. Hey, man, come on. Um, all right. Money in the bank. We did this two weeks ago. Guess the net worth or lack thereof. Kick it off with people who are culturally relevant, people who are in the news, First on that list, Ben Affleck has a new movie coming out, The Way Back. What are your thoughts? I'm going to say Ben Affleck is worth $225 million. I am going to say $350 mil. $130 million. Damn. Damn. Okay. Really? Yeah, man. He must be spending it all. It's or classic. I, isn't he a big boozer? Yeah, for sure. And didn't he get a massive gnarly back tattoo of like a phoenix? <laughs> yeah, he's got some weird, weird shit back there. That probably cost him a cool hundred grand. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to see that movie though. Movie looks sick. It does look good. It does look good. Uh, all right, next up is Chris Pratt, somebody who's just always relevant and in all of the Marvel movies and starting his own production company. Uh, because of the Marvel movies, I'm gonna say Chris Pratt is worth. Probably 120 million. I'm gonna go a little shy of that. I'm gonna say 95. He's actually at 40 million, which I thought was kind of low, but definitely low. But but there you go, Tom. You're tied all up right. here. Nice. Um, all right, next up, he's been in everything recently, but he most recently is in the Hunters, which we'll talk about in a bit. But Al Pacino. I will. Uh, I'll take the lead here as Brent Google's it on his phone. I'm gonna say Al Pacino <laughs> is worth three hundred and eighty-five million dollars. That's a hefty. I'm gonna song. go with. Well, I mean, I'm he's been around with, for uh, two hundred and sixty-five million dollars. One hundred and sixty-five. It's only a hundred off. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's still gonna be getting like royalties and shit from. All his older stuff. Dude, he started when they were paying actors just shit all. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. All right, last... They need to start doing that again. Last up, because her family is just everywhere. Northwest, the first child of Kim and Kanye. Oof. That's a trick question. She's worth zero dollars. She actually isn't, because like fucking DJ Khaled, 
they've like branded her name and they've done a bunch of shit they've put clothing lines in her name like granted yes to your point she doesn't get it till she's 18 but she has a current net worth I'm gonna say 100 mil because I want to feel bad about myself tonight yeah she's 6 years old by the way really? yeah damn life comes at you fast man and she's worth 130 million dollars oh okay wow good for her proud of so, you she worked you hard for that you if know? you didn't feel yeah if you didn't feel terrible about yourself before now you do um I mean between Kim and Kanye their net worth is like over 700 million dollars which is just ridiculous to think about and yeah, she's worth more that's than pretty, yeah. that's pretty comfortable alright let's talk about Skip or Stream uh what's going on in the entertainment world as mentioned Al Pacino is in a new Amazon series uh it's a historical fiction called The Hunters and it's about Nazis having infiltrated and kind of secured positions in the US hierarchy um trying to carry out their mission it's good you should check it out I've only seen one episode and I'm already vouching for it but um this is on Netflix? No, unfortunately not. It's on Amazon. But if you have Amazon, okay. like Prime or any of that, you can get it. I've got, so, I've got that. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. Yeah, come I on. Would, I wish we had started with this because if I had known that Al Pacino is now down to Amazon television series, I would have guessed Dude, time way out. lower. <laughs> these, <laughs> time out. These streaming services pay their TV actors why do you, a Yeah, why do you think he hit the Irishman? He got paid. Well, ne- yeah, net- Netflix I feel like and Amazon Netflix are shelling out. Different, but no. I feel like Amazon is like the the boost mobile of streaming services. Dude, Jeff Bezos. I agree, based on quality of their mobile. shows, but they're trying to step their game up. Yeah, they're competing. They're competing. Um, all right. Well, the next is a movie I went and saw this weekend. Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. She's in uh, Handmaids and Mad Men. Well done. I gave it a seven. It got a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I gave it a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, Really, really crazy. She's married to an optic uh, genius. He's like an engineer. And he basically develops a way to disappear. And it's a thriller. Kept you on the edge of your seat. Definitely worth checking out. I would not go and pay for it in theaters. But as soon as it hits anything, uh, rent that Bad Jackson. Because it's a good weekend movie. How much would you pay to be able to be invisible? Dude, what at will? Like from after seeing this movie? Yeah. There is no price tag. Yeah. All right. I agree. All right. I'll, that would be I'll just go ahead and spoiler alert. So if you're listening and you want to see it, just close your ears now, but he creates essentially a body morph suit that's like spandex, but it's covered in head to toe in microscopic cameras which is essentially what the military uses on planes to try to like it it just reflects what it's seeing um but obviously he did it so that he can walk in rain and there is no silhouette and it is freaking wild is it like it like walks the edge of this is possible um probably not no that's okay in our lifetime probably but not like in the near future i mean this is like next level shit like, the military already uses it, but it's, like, on the bottom of planes. But even still, like, if there's a reflection or something that hits it, it can still be exposed. 
So I think it's a long way away, but it's still a funky ass concept. Well, let's hear about your new obsession with uh, Love Is Blind, dude. Guilty motherfucking pleasure. Show. Holy crap! Listen, I saw you watching that on Taylor's Instagram story, and uh, I, I just felt bad for you. So, a coworker of mine informed me of it, and I was like, "No, I'm not into the Bachelor. I'm not into Love Island or whatever any of that shit is." It's on Netflix, so I'm like, whatever. I throw on one episode. It is like watching a horrific train wreck, and you just cannot stop looking. It gives you so much contempt for the world, and it is just mind-boggling because unlike The Bachelor, they don't see these people. They're separated by a wall, and then some of these people, are after four days, are like, I love you so much, babe. And they're like proposing to them. And then they see them and they're like, oh, what did I do? So on the note of these streaming services paying out the ass, how much are these people getting paid to essentially just make fools of themselves and potentially ruin their lives? Well, what was hilarious about it is that a lot of these people were like, um, I'm a general manager of a Fortune 500 company. And I'm like, dude, you've lost your job. <laughs> yeah. well, it's not even now. about like in this day and age instagram followers are basically money so that's why people do this shit oh and that's the demographic of individuals that come onto the show but what's hilarious is i read behind the scenes of some of the shit and one of the candidates said yes to this dude finds out that he's like 24 has no interest in him and she tried to leave <clears throat> and the producers are like nah remember that piece of paper you signed you're here for the long run yeah so I did catch one episode, like the last probably 10 minutes of it, and it was the wedding, and one of the contestants bailed at the wedding. Yeah, dude. I'm like, telling how you, do you, it's How must- do you invite your family, your friends, and all this, and then just blow it off? Like, it can't be real. It can't be real. I mean, look, whether it's staged or not, it's grade A white trash television, and it is just so addicting. Like you said, the fact that they set this whole wedding up, their families, their friends, groomsmen, bridesmaids set up, and then people are like, eh, I'm out. I just, I don't know. Like, how do you how do you console somebody after that? Like, sorry, but you knew this was fucking coming. You knew this was going to happen. Oh, big time. Well, definitely something to check out if you're killing time. It's a guilty pleasure. Um, but let's get into the thick of it here. I've got some sports updates before we get into the main chunk of college hoops. Um, we posted about it. Just wanted to talk about it a little bit further. Tony Romo signing a $17 million a year deal with CBS, doubling the previous high of $8 million to Mr. John Madden. Absolutely just grotesque money. Um, guy made the right decision retiring. Hanging them up, sitting in the booth. Uh, yeah. Number, I mean, number one, that's an absurd amount of money. Uh, seventeen million fucking dollars. My my jaw dropped when I read that. But uh, I gotta say, as someone who really does not miss an NFL weekend, an NFL game that I can catch, Tony Romo deserves every bit of that seventeen million dollars. He's that much better than any other color commentator in the game today. I, I agree with that, man. I mean, he, he's played with a lot of these guys that are still in the league. He's able to read these plays appropriately. He's calling things even before they happen. 
he deserves a spot more so than you know a majority of the, those guys in there. Yeah, and I really think it's opened the door now for a lot of these guys. Like, a lot of people do this after they retire, but nobody has really set the benchmark of success like Tony Romo has. Like, fans love him, uh, and, and just, like, you know, he's really blown up for all those things that you said, calling all the plays and all that, his reads, his insight. And this is really, I think it's going to change what you see now, aside from these guys that are just, you know, your common journalists or, you know, broadcasters that are you know familiar with the game like we are but Romo brings it to another level and like I saw that now that Eli's retired like they're trying to recruit Peyton Manning to do it and could you imagine a broadcast with like Joe Buck Peyton Manning and and Romo all together Dude, that even, would be even throwing A-Y. Eli in there would be great I mean Tony stepped right out of the cleats into the you know the business shoes it wasn't long after I mean to have those guys be there and breaking down the game as they see it, having been playing in the last 10 years, is a lot better than, you know, having some old time. I think two of, outside of Romo, the two, the two people that I would most like to see in the booth would be either Manning brother and uh, Drew Brees when he retires. I think Brees could step right in and, and be just right at that level oh, himself. 100%. I mean, he's an excellent speaker. Dude's smart. Uh, he obviously knows the game of football better than anyone else playing it right now. So, well, that Tony Romo money. I don't know what else to say, but uh, we can talk. Row money, row problems. Yeah, row money. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's the title right there. Sure. Um, all right. We'll talk about money. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder clause within the contract. That stated Deontay could initiate a third chapter, and that is what is happening, ladies and gentlemen. We were so blessed to get a round two, and now we are even more blessed to get a round three. Um, I got a feeling that it's going to end very similarly. Uh, Tyson Fury, in my eyes, is like the real-life Rocky Balboa. I mean, this motherfucker came out of an absolute slump of depression, addiction, overweight and uh you know knocked said to be the baddest heavyweight in the game down on his feet three times tko game over yeah i think i think it's going to be awesome just because the only way that deontay wilder is going to be able to win this is if he bulks up to you know 260 265 and catches fury because fury the whole time had what like 30 40 pounds on on wilder he had 40 pounds on him yeah that's a significant and amount he was just using his weight to his advantage the whole time like in the clinch just putting all that extra weight on wilder and i don't think this next fight is going to last very long and i think both fighters are going to come in just absolutely huge heavy and it's going to be a true like heavyweight slugfest and Blood i bath. can't wait for it here's I my think thing. it's slated for july i want to say yeah i think so, so Keep you posted. Um, here's my thing. I know it's old, and I'll keep it short, but there was a whole bunch of drama about Deontay wearing that suit, and it tired him out. It's bullshit. It should not take away from the fact that Tyson Fury boxed an incredibly smart match. He hung on to him, used his way to his advantage. It had nothing to do with the bullshit, weird-ass Game of Thrones outfit that he came out in. It had everything to do with the fact that Tyson Fury is a better boxer, or was at that point in time. 
He was, yeah, he was on that night, and uh, I do I do commend Wilder for coming out and saying it. Um, he he was kind of a little out of his out of place when he said that he wanted to keep fighting and, and fall on what fall on his sword or whatever. Like he he was a couple blows away from having permanent ear damage. So I mean, he talks about wanting to kill somebody in the ring. We almost watched him die in the ring. I mean, dude, he's bleeding out of his ear. His his uh, the guys in his ring are arguing. Like I'm pretty sure it was the the assistant coach or whatever they call him that threw in the towel. The poor guy is like getting crucified right now, and he's like, "We can either choose to have a round three or we can bury this guy." Yeah, All, overall right decision, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the trilogy will will live up to the hype. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something very quickly and briefly. March 16th is a big day to throw on the calendar. It's the 2020 NFL free agency. Some extreme blockbuster names are on that list. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, Jadavian Clowney, Amari Cooper. The list continues. This is kind of the first time, at least you know, in my sports career lifetime, that you've seen such a significant amount of big names. So we will make sure that next week we break this down for you, dissect opinions uh, and progressions as they go on um do you guys have any thoughts on the uh free agency um not to not to play I mean, the, the hometown the card but it's all about tom brady and the rest are going to fall into place afterwards i think everybody's in agreement that breeze is going to stay in new orleans nothing's come of it yet but we can all kind of assume that brady is is the 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 key cog in all of this and the rest of the pieces will fall into place after so we'll we'll keep you posted on everybody but it'll be interesting to see what happens with brady especially given that you know he's all in the news now like you saw the shit with edelman and uh he did like a fallon skit the other night with or he was with fallon and edelman at the Sy- the syracuse game which was so random but like I, I, I could go on for more and more but we'll we'll save that for a later date you're right yeah, so we'll break that down next week, but just something to keep in mind. Um, and let's go ahead and get into the thick of it here. College hoops, we got an update for you guys. I'll break down the top four for you, and then these guys are going to dive into a little back and forth on the hot and the not going on in NCAA hoops. So top four right now as it stands, Kansas 26 and 3, Gonzaga 29 and 2, Dayton at 27 and 2, and Baylor the Bears at 25 and 3. So, let's kick it off. Wells, you want to start us? Yeah, Kansas is like head and shoulders been the best team all year, most consistent and they're top of the Big 12 right now. That's really one of the tougher conferences in all of college hoops, and that's hi- highlighted with Baylor uh, at number 4. And Kansas just knocked off Baylor last week at Baylor. Uh, but their center, Udoka Azubuke, came down with a foot injury. So that'll be something to monitor going forward. But uh, as, it, as it stands right now, Kansas is head and shoulders the team to beat. What are your thoughts on Gonzaga dropping uh, a loss to number 23 BYU? Uh, I'm not as concerned with that. Gonzaga is one of those teams that everybody doubts them every year, and then they somehow finish the season at like, you know, 30 and two or a couple losses. So 
it's not crazy and BYU is the best three-point shooting team in the country that's not an assumption or an opinion that is a fact they lead the nation in three-point percentage and you know Gonzaga put up like 75 points and lost so BYU just kind of shot the lights out but you know again it's only their second loss of the season and they've pretty much handled everybody since so uh yeah I like Gonzaga right now too well, they also have a pretty strong statement win at Oregon earlier in the season. I think they beat Duke as well, didn't they? Oh, I'm not sure. I think they beat Duke earlier in the year. Um, I might I might be wrong on that, but I know you know <laughs> what 29 two. Like yeah, pretty much everybody they played they've manhandled. Well, I got I got to tell you I don't necessarily have a college basketball team that I follow, seeing as we didn't have one really. Uh, to follow at college, but the uh, Maroons baby, the Maroons baby. But the um, I gotta tell you, the Flyers, the Dayton Flyers. This kid Ovi Toppin has gotten me excited about college hoops. Thoughts on him? Oh, yeah, uh, I agree. I think I he should be Naismith Player of the Year for sure. Yeah, I've uh, being down in Richmond. I have had the opportunity to see him play twice now in person, and the dude is just a fucking walking highlight reel. And like he's the kind of player you show up to watch him warm up, and he's throwing down like NBA dunk level contest dunks in just the warm ups. Uh, but Dayton is one of the most complete teams in the country. They are undefeated in A10 play. They have four players averaging 10 or more per game, and they lead the country in field goal percentage. Like they are just efficient. They are comfortable, and they just always seem to be in control in every game they're in. They're the real deal. And they are not to be taken lightly just because they're in the A-10. Um, well, I know that next on that top four that we have here is somebody who's kind of on a little bit of a rough, rough patch, rough patch, rough patch uh, following their loss to Kansas. What are your thoughts on Baylor being a contender this year? Uh, Baylor is a contender. I don't know if they're quite good enough to be uh, to make it all the way to the Final Four. Um but I, I say that I'm watching them right now. They're in a pretty close one with Texas Tech, who's, you know, no joke themselves. But, uh, I mean, obviously they've got a phenomenal record. They play in the Big 12, which I think is the best conference in basketball pretty much any given year, but this year especially. And they've only got three losses, uh, including the most recent one to Kansas. But, yeah, uh, if anyone can, you know, it, it's such a parity year this year. I don't think there's one team that stands out as better than the rest. And, uh, you know, Baylor defense travels, as they say. It also travels to the tournament, and they're allowing the fifth-fewest points per game this year. So if that's if there's one set you could point to, it's, it's probably that. Good shit. Well, let's talk about outside of that top four uh, ranking, kind of who's hot, what you're thinking top of mind. I know, Tom, you thought about kicking off with number six, Kentucky. Let's hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I love what Kentucky's doing right now. And uh, basically, they're just the most complete team in the SEC. And that's, you know, that shouldn't come as any surprise. It's Kentucky, it's Calipari. Um, and for probably the first time in a long time, they have a sophomore guard. It's typically all freshmen. But Emmanuel quickly is just an instant offense for, for this Wildcats team. And he reminds me a lot of how De'Aaron Fox played at Kentucky and how De'Aaron Fox is now playing in the NBA for the Kings. Um, Kentucky just won the SEC regular season title. They've won eight games in a row. 
Um, and they really handled Auburn, who Auburn's falling off kind of hard. They were hot for a while, but uh, I really like Kentucky. I think they have all the pieces to do it. I took them uh, last week at 20 to 1 odds to win the NCAA title, which was a good bet because as of this morning, that has been cut down to 10 to 1 odds in some books. So good read by your boy. And uh, I think they're playing. You know, they're peaking at the right time. They're gearing up for another deep run, probably a two seed. Um, you know, if Baylor loses tonight, uh, we have a, a big final weekend to finish before conference play or the conference tournament. Um, and Kentucky might even sneak in with a one seed if they if, if the uh, chips fall. Number one, uh, go balls. Kentucky <laughs> does have to play Tennessee tomorrow night. True. It's a rivalry game. True. Tennessee is down this year, but. They always play Kentucky tight, so Tennessee's let's been get that playing out of the well way too. They just beat Florida, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were up big on Auburn before they choked that away. Uh, don't even get me started. But uh, the one thing that uh, Kentucky has going for them the most is that uh, Baylor obviously plays in the toughest conference in the league. Everyone thought the SEC was going to be a little bit better than it is this year. They might put only four teams in the tournament. Uh, tournament could be five, um, but Kentucky has the benefit of. Um, not only probably winning out their last two regular season games, but also cruising through the SEC tournament undefeated. And um, that, in my mind, is probably going to put them in the edge, in the driver's seat for the uh, for the fourth number one seed. Well, before we dive into the number eight seed here on uh, or who's hot list, uh, we've been big on the Big East. They're probably the most veteran conference right now in all of college hoops. Um, so what are your thoughts on number eight, Seton Hall? So, yeah, Seton Hall is, uh, you know, they bring back a lot of talent from last year's team that, if you remember, they had a big push in uh, the Big East tournament and then had themselves a nice little run before I think they played, I want to say they ran into Duke in the tournament. Uh, but this team is on the shoulders of Miles Powell. And he hasn't had a great conference season, but, you know, when push comes to shove, this team turns to Powell to get a bucket. Um, and Seton Hall really is, uh, you know, how would I put it? Well, I just like so many teams in the Big East, but I, I like Seton Hall to come out of it on top just because, A, they just have to win one of their next two games to secure the regular season title and the number one seed in the tournament. Uh, and like I said, they just have the experience from last year. And they seem to, you know, they always just seem to find a way to win and, and pull out a win here and there. Um, I, I like Seton Hall a lot. I like uh, I like Nova, too. Nova just had a bad loss this weekend uh, hosting Providence. They kind of got spanked at home. Uh, but Seton Hall has to play Villanova, I think, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday night. And then they finish with a game at Creighton, who uh, I also love Creighton. But, um, we will, you know, we'll, we'll save all of this for weeks to come. Seton Hall is the team to beat right now in the Big East, so props to them. Well, um, somebody that we've also been looking out for, uh, well, mainly Tom, that is, but that number 16 seed, Michigan State. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, Michigan State had super high expectations coming into the year. Um, have were ranked number one in the country at one point have also been unranked at other times uh they've they've been on a bit of a roller coaster ride but uh as per usual 
they are riding the ship at the right time. It would appear, you know, they've they've got big Tom Izzo on their side, so that always helps. But um, obviously, play in the Big Ten, which in my mind, you know, there's Big Twelve, ACC, Big Ten. Those are the three best conferences year in year out, in my opinion. But uh, most recently, having blown out uh, Maryland and Iowa, both ranked teams in their own right, and that vaulted uh, the Michigan State Spartans up eight spots. They were previously at number 24. And uh, they finished, they also uh, have a big game coming up against uh, Penn State, who's ranked, and then Ohio State. So a um, couple, you know, opportunities there for a couple more statement wins to end the season and maybe put you in that uh, two, three seed conversation. So. That would be uh, kind of a pipe dream for Michigan State, considering where they were at at one point earlier this season. Yeah, and like I said, I've been big on them since the beginning of the year. Uh, I was probably a little too ahead of the curve, um, reading into the number one preseason ranking a bit. But, you know, like Brent said, come March, Michigan State is a team that always seems to get it together. And, you know, when you have Tom Izzo leading the charge, it's, it's tough to doubt the Spartans. All right, well, let's, um, let's talk about our bubble team here, a team that's won the last four of their last five games, including a win to a number 20 seed and a number 22 seed. That's the Texas Longhorns. Thoughts? Yeah, so Texas was a team that really, for the first two months of the season, just got their asses handed to them, like night in and night out. They had several stretches of, of back-to-back-to-back losses, uh, and really, a lot of people are calling for Shaka Smart to be you know, booted as a team's coach. Um, but all of a sudden, with their backs against the wall, they rallied off a couple big wins, and they jumped West Virginia in the Big 12 Conference. And if they finish the tournament strong, they might just do enough to get in as probably like an 11 or a 12 seed, somewhere in there, uh, which is crazy to think considering their whole season. Uh, but I don't know if it speaks more to what Texas is doing or less to what West Virginia is, is not doing right now. But those two teams are going to be battling for, for their berth in the tournament because now, uh, which we'll get into, like West Virginia is not ranked. Um, Texas Tech, if Texas Tech wins tonight versus Baylor, um, that win will mean a lot more for the Texas Longhorns moving forward. So. Again, you know, it, it's tough to say right now. we got to see how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, but do not count out the Longhorns just yet. Well, that wraps us up for who's hot, and let's talk about who's not. And it warms my heart to talk about or hear you guys talk about the number one spot here with Duke. Uh, not hot, although, although they did just kind of turn it around. Um, tonight they beat NC State pretty handedly at home but uh, before tonight Duke had lost three in a row including a home blowout uh, to NC State pretty much their crosstown rival Um, also a three overtime triple overtime loss to Wake Forest and lost uh, to UVA who by the way we should have put in the hot column Uh, UVA much like Michigan State uh, has had a topsy-turvy season for sure Uh, for a long time looked like they had no chance of making it to the tournament and now all of a sudden, I think they're twenty and seven and in perfect shape. But, I, th- I uh, think they're the, back the to three or four seed in the ACC. But yeah, but yes, yeah. please continue. So they've turned it around. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I do not like Duke as a Final Four team this year. Uh, it seems 
you know, much like Kentucky, they're always dealing with youth uh, with their incoming crop of five-star freshmen every year. Uh, this year, it seems like that youth is kind of a weak spot, and uh, they can't stay out of foul trouble. So, you know, when your best players are not getting the minutes uh, and you can't coach them up, you're you're down. So I do not like Duke. Tom, who is on your not-hot list? Uh, so... Aside from the whole Duke situation, uh, Penn State, really a team that is just ice cold right now, uh, which, which plays in well for what we were saying earlier um, with Michigan State's chances moving forward. But Penn State was, I think they were top 10 at some point, uh, and all of a sudden their offense fell off. They're fifth now in the Big Ten, and they've lost three of their last four. And it's really been the definition of Penn State's season. They're just way too streaky inconsistent and as of right now they're trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time which is uh you know they still you know they it's it's their season to really make or break here they could still turn it around and make a push in in the the big 10 tournament but it's going to take uh they gotta they gotta sack up if i'm being very blatant and honest penn state just needs to fucking sack up win meaningful games and uh you know, a top a top four finish in the Big Ten tournament would be okay with me. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's finish it up with um, this West Virginia team, kind of talking Jackal and Hyde here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so as we had mentioned, West Virginia has completely dropped from the rankings, and that's due to a skid in which they've lost six of their last seven games. And it really stems from their offense. West Virginia's defense is always going to be good. It's always going to be a threat. They play with immense pressure, uh, full-court pressure for most of the game. But they haven't been able to get anything going on offense. Um, and right now they jumped from you know a midseason shoe-in to a bubble team where they're 7-9 and nine in conference. As we just mentioned, Texas jumped them in the Big 12. Um, and they're really going to need a strong conference tournament to separate themselves from Texas and the Oklahomas and you know if the, those other mid teams in the, in the Big 12 that are vying for a bid because the Big 12 is kind of top heavy right now, and a lot of these you know middle of the pack Big 12 teams are all going to be on the bubble. And if West Virginia continues to play like they've been playing, they're going to find themselves as a very high seed in the NIT tournament. So. Bob Huggins, figure it out, my man. I don't know what you're going to do to rally the troops on offense, but you need to do it sooner than later. <laughs> NIT, woof. Um, all right, well, I know you guys had some bubble teams to talk about, so let's hear it. Yeah, so aside from Texas, um, again, this might be a little uh, home court bias, but the Richmond Spiders, not VCU, but the Richmond Spiders. If they can play themselves into the A-10 championship or at least a top four team in the A-10 tournament, I really like this Richmond team. They are a dangerous team. They've been hurt. I've seen them play probably four or five times um, this season, and they just got shooters. They have veterans um, at all positions. They have good young talent uh, off the bench. I really like this Richmond team, and... Um, you know, like I said, if they have a good showing, they make it to the tournament, they are going to be a very, very big sleeper pick for those first couple rounds. Jern, you got any bubbles? 
Uh, Rutgers given a pretty solid little showing in, uh, like we've talked about, a pretty deep, as usual, Big Ten conference. So um, Rutgers is right there on the bubble. Would be interesting to see little bitty Rutgers kind of make some noise here in the month of March. Man, Rutgers is just like one of those places you want to root for, but you just don't. They just make me say, ew, every time I think of Rutgers. Yeah. Sorry if you go to Rutgers, but not. We still love you. (laughs) All right, well, let's close things out here. Um, We'll keep you tuned, uh, obviously, everything NCAA and NFL free agency, so don't you worry. We'll get it to you. Um, But let's close things out here tonight with some buzzer beaters, Tom. So uh, I got my MMA fighting shoes on tonight, and this weekend at UFC 248, I believe it is, uh, we have Israel, the style bender, Adesanya, defending his title for the first time against Yoel Romero. Uh, It's going to be an exciting fight. These are two athletic freaks. That was solid pronunciation of his name, by the way. Yeah, I practiced for like 15 minutes in the mirror before I w- we got I would have too. I, it's like but, I don't even <laughs> attempt to say to his last name when we talk about it. Tug him a ball sack. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's it. On the, on the fighting note, stay tuned. You're going to want to check that out this weekend. And uh, I think we got ourselves a little guest coming in. Professional Muay Thai fighter. Nothing solidified yet, but we'll keep, keep it, your, we'll keep keep it your, under the rug keep your for now. Ears. Keep your ears open for that because yeah. uh, I think we got something brewing for you in the works. Yeah, just uh, you know, keep your ears open and your eyes peeled. Um, all right, well, as always, we got nothing more for you. It's that time of the night. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. More importantly, go and subscribe on iTunes and or Spotify so that you can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. It is our lifeblood. So make sure to get it done and spread the word. Excited to turn it over to Shakes to play us out with some new music. Uh, yeah, so since the last time I was on, uh, one of my very favorite bands of all time uh, and popular favorite, Tame Impala, uh, released a new album called The Slow Rush in early Feb. So uh, here we go, some Tame. Get Let's kick it. Later. Peace.